If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Psalm 27. Psalm chapter number 27. Uh, Last week, we talked about the subject, facing death fearlessly. Facing death fearlessly. And uh, man, it was a blessing. God really encouraged us with that. But uh, there's, there's something I'm realizing that uh, it, it's not that, that we are afraid of death because we all know heaven is waiting on us, right? We know that heaven is our home. We're just pilgrims passing through. Uh, our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And we're not afraid to die. We know heaven is waiting. But what most people that I am finding out, they're, they're not afraid of dying. They're afraid of living. They're afraid of living. They're afraid. They're scared to death of what they're going to face here in this life. And so that's what I want to talk about today. That's what I want to deal with today. Uh, facing life fearlessly, not death, facing life fearlessly. How we can get up in the morning and go out the door with courage and, and listen, with no fear. Uh, let's look in Psalm 27 in verse number one. I hope you have your Bible with you. Uh, Psalm 27 in verse number one. The psalmist said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes come upon me to eat up my flesh. In other words, they're going to, the enemy's coming against uh, the psalmist as a wild animal, as a savage animal to tear his flesh. They stumbled and fell, though a host should encamp against me. My heart shall not fear, though war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Verse 5, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies, round about about me. Therefore will I offer in the tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Skip down to verse 14 so we can save just a little bit of time. Or verse 13, go to verse 13. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Let's just stop there and let's pray. And, and, and I'm praying that God will help you and encourage you and touch you this morning. So let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you for the privilege and the honor that we have of being in your house Lord, I thank you for the, 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 the opportunity to, to encourage and to share your word. Now, Lord, I believe I have your word. Without a doubt, I have your word. And I pray that you'll give me the unction, Lord, the anointing to preach it and deliver it in such a way that it's understandable. And Lord, that not, not just so we can hear it, not, not so we can just receive it, but Lord, so we can apply it. We can go out and do what we're learning and hearing here in this chapter. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Let's jump right on in this thing. Uh, we are trying to time everything just like we're going to do for the three services. So, so, so let's get started. Psalm 27. I, 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 I was reading this over and over and over and over again. 
And there was some, there was a couple things that stood out to me. One in verse number one and the other in verse number three. And the Bible says this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And in other words, he's stating a fact. The psalmist is stating a truth, a fact, something that is concrete, something that there is no question about. He is my light. He is my salvation. He is our refuge and strength and a very present help in the time of trouble. He is stating, now watch this now. This is so important that you get this. I'm going to give you three, three steps to take, but, but here's the intro. You got to get this part. He's stating in verse number one, this is what I know. This is what I know. I know God is my strength. I know God is my salvation. I know God is my light. I know God is my deliverance. I know God is for me. God is on my side. This is what I know. This is what I know. Now watch this. Verse three. Look what he says in verse three. He says, though a host, talking about an army, a huge number of people, an army, Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. And that's what I want you to see. My heart shall not fear. Fear is an emotion. Fear is a feeling. Y'all, y'all know, I don't have to explain this. Everybody knows what it feels like to be afraid. Somebody spooks you or something happens. Who you get that feeling inside, that anxiety, that tightening, the everything about the inside of you. And, and, and this is what he's saying. And this is what I want you to get. He's saying in verse number three, he's saying, this is what I feel. This is what I feel. In verse number one, this is what I know. These are the facts. This is the truth. This is, listen, this is what I know. But in verse number three, this is what I feel. Y'all stay with me now. I'm going somewhere. This is what I feel. Now, this is what I've learned over time, just in my own life and just what I've seen in others. It is one thing, it is one thing to know God is real. It is one thing to know God is able It is one thing to know God is powerful. It is one thing to know God can meet your needs. God can solve your problems. God can deliver you out of the mess that you're in. It's one thing to know that, but it's a whole nother thing to feel that. In other words, in in a lot of Christians' lives, there's a disconnect between what they know and what they feel. In other words, they know God can, and, and, and they know God loves them, and that they know God is able, and that they know God can deliver them and help them and, and, and meet their needs. But, but, but then, on the other hand, they still feel afraid. They still feel fear. They still feel anxiety. They still, listen, I know God can. I've read my Bible. I know God split the Red Sea. I know God, listen, he gave them water out of a rock. He gave them manna from heaven. I know God delivered them from their enemies. God always showed up right on time. But preacher, I, boy, I hope I'm preaching to somebody today. Sometimes what we know and what we feel are disconnected. Sometimes we can know something but not feel it. 
We can know that God can, but still be afraid. We can know that, that God is able, but we can still feel anxiety and fear. Listen, he said, I know God can, verse 1. And he said, verse 3, I have no fear. In other words, I feel courage. I feel strength. I feel assurance. I feel confidence. I'll have no fear. Well, that's what I want to talk about today. That's what I want to get to today. I want to help you. And I want to show you how you can go from not just knowing, but how you can go to feeling confident, feeling assurance, feeling peace, feeling comfort in the midst of trial, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of hardship, in the midst of all of the things that we face, all of the trials, all of the difficulties. I don't want you to just know that God can. I want you to feel it too. I want you to have peace in your heart. I want you to have comfort in your soul. I want you to have a fearlessness where you can stand in the face of danger and know and feel like everything's going to be all right. Here's three things real quick. Three things. Three things. Look in verse number two. What did he do? All right, if we're going to, if we're going to feel assured, if we're going to feel confident, if we're going to feel courage and fearlessness in our walk, there's some things we have to practice. There's some things we have to practice. Now, now let me say this before we go on. Every time I go to the doctor, every time I go to the doctor and, 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 and I have to get some antibiotics, especially the last couple of times, um, uh, they always tell me, make sure y'all know, y'all know what they're going to tell you. Make sure and what? Take it all. Take it all. Take it all. In other words, apply the medicine. Now, sometimes, sometimes I forget. Sometimes, you know how it is. They know when you get to feeling better, you get to feeling better. You say, well, I don't need this medicine anymore. They say, take it all or it'll come back worse than it was. Listen, I I went back to the doctor one time. He chewed me out. You didn't take it all, blah, blah, blah. So here's what I'm saying. Don't just sit here and listen to me. All right, uh, everybody, everybody out there, listen, don't just sit there and hear it and, and, and then, then, then not go do it. This is not something that's just going to magically happen. You've got to actually make an effort to do what I'm showing you to do. Don't just say, oh, God, help me to feel courage. Help me to feel fearless. No, you, you've got to do something. There's some steps you've got to take. Here's the first one. Here's the first one. Don't you look at verse 2. Here's what he said. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Now, what's he doing? First thing, number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. I want you to see the past. The past he shared. The past he shared. What did he do? He began to go back. Say it with me. He began to go back and look at the times that God has already brought him through. He reviewed his past. Not just, he did not just reviewed it, not just brought it back up, but he shared it. Now, here's what, write down. Write these three things down. Write these three things down and we'll talk about it in just a minute, okay? First, he remembered. Then he rehearsed. And then he reminded. All right? He re- remembered, rehearsed, and reminded. He remembered, rehearsed, and reminded. He went back in his memory. And brought back something that God had done already and God delivered and God blessed and God saved and God helped. Then he went over in his mind what God had done and then he reminded, he told somebody. He shared it. He is sharing it here in this psalm. Now let me give you an illustration. Let me give you an illustration of that. 
uh, do you remember, do you remember when David, as a young man, went against Goliath? Do you remember? Uh, if you don't, go back in, 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 the, in, in, the, in the Old Testament and read that again. David was a young man. He is going against a man who is a massive giant, a massive giant, a, a freak of nature, a fearsome foe, somebody that is, uh, listen, just, just scary to think about, scary to look upon. And he is coming. He said, I'm going I'm to go fight him. Now, in order, in order to get himself ready, in order to psych himself up for the, for the giant in front of him, for the, for the, for the, the great difficulty, the obstacle in front of him, this is what he said. Uh, Samuel, or excuse me, Saul said, man, you can't do this. You can't do, see, he's not only having to face a giant, he's facing criticism and negativity from those around him. And Saul said, listen, you can't do this. Your buddy used. And he has been a man of war from his youth. But this is what David said. Well, 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 King, he said, this is what I remember. He said, I remember one day I was out watching the sheep and there came a lion against me. There came a lion against me. And then there came a bear against me. And he said, I slew them both. I grabbed one by the beard and I killed them both. God, now watch what he says. God delivered into my hand the lion. And then God delivered into my hand the beard. And let me tell you something, Saul. This giant is going to be no different than the lion and the bear. God delivered the lion. God delivered the bear. And one day, listen, I'm going to go and God's going to deliver this giant. Say amen right there. What's he doing? He's remembering what God has already done. He's remembering the past assurance and the past deliverance and the, listen, the past move of God in his life. What is he doing? He's reminding himself what God had done. If God can do it with a lion, if God can do it with a bear, bless God, this giant ain't no different. God can do it with a giant. Say amen, church. Listen, he's remembering and he's reminding, he's telling everybody what God has already done. And he goes in there, y'all know the story, and goes and kills the giant. Let me ask you a question. Are you facing a scary giant in your life? Are you facing a scary giant in your life? Are you facing a scary obstacle in your life? Are you facing something fearsome? Has this virus got you scared to death? Has the financial situation in our country got you scared to death? Has the economic situation in our country got you scared to death? Well, let me tell you what you need to do. You need to stop, sit down, get you a pencil, get you a notebook, and go back, listen to the beginning of your Christian walk, and you need to start naming. You need to start writing down every time God moved in. In your life, every time God showed up right on time, every time God answered prayer, whoa, say amen. Remind yourself of what God's already done. I hope you have a lion experience in your life. I hope you have a bear experience in your life because when the giant comes, and they're going to come, they're going to come. Life is full of giants. But I'm so glad to know life is not only full of giants, but life is full of answered prayers that God has already done. Amen. Listen, let me share with you something else. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. This is God's last reminder. Now stay with me. Stay with me. I got to hurry. That's why I'm talking fast. Got to hurry. In Deuteronomy, it is the last reminder that God is giving the nation of Israel before they go into the promised land. Okay. Now, when they go into the promised land, they're not just, they got to go in and fight. All right. They've got to go in and take what God has promised. 
They've got to go in and fight battles and they've got to fight enemies and they've got to run the enemy out. Now watch, watch what he says. Deuteronomy 7, 17. If thou shalt say in thine heart, these nations are more than I. In other words, if, if you're, if you're facing the battle and it looks like it's an impossibility, an impossibility. If you're looking at the enemy and they look too big and they look too strong and your issue looks too difficult and too hard. That's what he's saying. He says, if you say these nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? Watch what he says. Watch what he says. Verse 18. Thou shalt not be afraid of them, but shalt well, what's that word? Remember, say it with me. Thou shalt well remember what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and to all of Egypt. The great temptations with thine eyes saw, the signs, the wonders, the mighty hand, the stretched out arm, whereby the Lord thy God brought thee out. So shall the Lord thy God do unto all the people of whom thou art afraid. What is he saying? When you're looking at a situation that is causing you to be afraid, the first step to overcoming the fear is to remember what God has already done. Well, preacher, I got a financial situation. I have had two. I've had several financial situations. And I can tell you, over and over, he has answered prayer. He has come through. He has provided. The psalmist said when he got old, he said, I'm old and I've, I've been young. Yet have I seeking, see the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. I can tell you over and over and over again how God showed up. Over and over and over again how God answered prayer. Over and over and over again how God provided and God blessed and God answered prayer. Listen, stop and remember. Let me tell you your problem. Let me tell you why you're sitting there and you're scared to death. You're just, you're, you're just worried to death. Because you're focusing more on the giant ahead than you are on the lion and the bear. You may tell you what the devil's done. He's got you to completely forget all the other answered prayers. He's gotten you to forget the lion. He's gotten you to forget the bear. And you think, you think you're going against Goliath all by yourself. You think that you're going into this valley of the giant with your own power and your own ability. But listen, what helped David is to go back and remember what God did in the past so he could be confident about what God was going to do in the future. Don't be afraid. You've made it this far. God's blessed you this far. God's moved over and over and over again. The problem is you've forgotten it. You've forgotten. Let me tell you something practical to do. It's something just practical. You need to start writing down every answer prayer that God gives you. I said it. You need to start writing down every answered prayer that God does so you can sit back in the times you start feeling anxious, the times you start feeling anxiety, the times you start feeling afraid. You need to go back and get your notebook out of God's move in your life and God's blessings in your life and God's answered prayers in your life. And you need to start, whoop, look what God did right there. Have mercy. Look what God did right there. My soul, look at that. I was in a mess right here. I was in danger. Oh, look what God done right here. 
And I'm telling you what, business will pick up. Your fear will start leaving and your courage will start coming. Your anxiety will have to go. And listen, fearlessness will come into your heart because you knew if God did it with the lion, if God did it with the bear, Goliath ain't got prayers. Say amen, church. Say amen. Right. Number two, number two, we got to hurry. Number two, we got to hurry. I'm looking at the clock, boys. We got to hurry. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Listen, number two. We see number one, we see the past that he shared. Now let me say this on that one. I, I gotta go back. I, I can't leave this yet, right, right yet. It's very important what I said. He shared it. In other words, he told somebody else about it. Don't just go back and remember it. Don't just rehearse it in your own mind, but remind somebody else. That is so important. That is so important. If you want to, if you want to strengthen that memory in your mind and your heart, if you want to strengthen that truth, then tell somebody about, don't just say, well, you know, I remember when God did. No, 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 no. Go to somebody and say, let me tell you what God's done for me. Begin to share God's blessings in your life. Begin to share God's deliverance in your life. And I promise you, fear will have to flee. Fear will have to flee. Number two, number two, quickly. We not only see the past he shared, verse number two, but look at verse number four. Verse number four. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, to inquire in his temple. I want you to see number two, the presence he saw. The presence he saw. Now, when you look at this, it, it, it initially, it initially looks like, okay, he's talking about church. Okay. He's talking about church. He's talking about the house of the Lord. Cause we always use church and call it God's house, right? This is God's house. Well, you got to understand something. The New Testament is drastically different than the Old Testament. You are God's house. You are the tabernacle. You're the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. And, and so in this chapter, the psalmist David is not necessarily saying, I want to just live in the tabernacle all, all of my days. I, I just want to, because the temple wasn't even built yet. What he's saying is he desires to be in the presence of God. I want to be in his presence. Now watch what he says in verse number, verse number five. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. Now, now you got to understand the culture of that day. The culture of that day is if you came into the personal dwelling place, the personal tent, the personal house of a person there in the east, then you were under their care. You were under their hospitality. You were under their protection. In other words, it was their responsibility as the authority in that house to keep whatever guest was come to them comfortable, safe, and protected. In other words, in other words, David said, I want to be where God is. One thing have I desired, and that will I seek after. I want to be in his presence. Wherever God is, that's where I want to be. I'm seeking his presence. Listen, here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
Uh, let's 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 apply it to the day. Let's apply it to the day. OK, uh, uh, we don't have a temple in Jerusalem to go to. We don't have to. The veil was ripped from the top to the bottom. The temple and tabernacle of God changed. The, the presence of God doesn't dwell in one house, in one city, in one section of the world. The Holy Spirit dwells in every believer. He dwells in every believer. But here, here is the difference. Even though God is in us, even though God is with us, sometimes He doesn't manifest or show Himself, make Himself apparent to us. Even though He's in us, even though He's with us, sometimes He doesn't manifest Himself to us. Now let me explain. There's times, there's times I don't feel God. I, I, I don't feel spiritual. I, I'm just, I'm just being flat out blunt honest with you. Man, there's sometimes I don't even feel saved, much less a preacher. But boy, there's some other times that I've been spending time with God and I've been in His presence and, and, and man, I've been in His glory so much I feel like I just float away. God manifests himself to me. God makes himself real to me. God makes his presence felt and known to me. And that is what David was talking about. I want to be where God is. He even said it this way. He says, my heart pants after God. I want to be with God and I want to be in God's presence. And you know what? You know what we need to do? Step number two. First, we need to remind ourselves of the past. We need to remind ourselves of all the things that God has done. But we need to constantly be seeking His presence. We need to constantly be seeking His presence. Well, you say, well, I get in His presence when I go to church. Well, you're lacking bad. That's one day out of the week. You don't need, you don't just need His presence to go to church. You need His presence to go to Walmart. Bless God. You need his presence to go to Lowe's. Them are the only two places open right now. It, wherever you go, you need him. You need him. Why? Why? Look at this. Look at this. Look what it says. Look what's going to happen. Look what's going to happen when you're in his presence. For in the time of trouble, he shall, what's that word? Hide me. He shall hide me. What is he hiding you from? The trouble. The trouble. In the time of what? Trouble. In the time of trouble, he shall hide. In other words, what happens when you're in his presence? You're protected. You're protected. Listen, if you write these things down, write these things, there's three things. I got to hurry, got to hurry. A, A, B, and C. I just say them real fast and then we'll talk about them, all right? His presence, A, provides. Provides, that's verse four. He said, I want to behold, that means check out, to see. I want to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire, and inquire. The word inquire means to ask questions, to to seek counsel, to seek guidance, advice. I want to talk to God. I'm so glad to know. I'm so glad to know I can be riding down the road and I can see the beauty of the Lord. I can inquire. Can I say, oh God, I need help with this answer. I need help with this situation. I need help. Oh, I can be in God's presence in my vehicle. I can be in God's presence in my office. I can be in God's presence in my living room. I can be in God's presence. Oh, say man, church. He said, I want to be in God's presence because it provides the answers to life. It provides protection and help and assurance. Listen. I, just the other day, just the other day, uh, I was looking at Facebook. I was looking at Facebook 
and uh, and 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 <clears throat> brother Jeff Wisnett, brother Jeff Wisnett posted a just a little short video, just a little short video. He was walking in his living room, and his mama and and Miss Susan was in there, and another gentleman was in there, and they were singing. It was just a spontaneous song. Uh, uh, it, it was uh, "Have I Mentioned That I Love Him?" and they were singing, and 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 Miss Wisnett was singing that song, and man, she was she was feeling the glory, and I'm telling you what, I started feeling it with her, and I had tears dripping down my cheeks, and I was in God's presence, and I was in God's glory. I, man, I felt the joy of the Lord. I felt His presence from a song, a simple song. I wasn't in the church house. I wasn't in a worship, well, I say I wasn't in a worship service. I was in a worship service, but it wasn't what you're thinking about. I was in his presence. That's what David was saying. Now, how do we do that? Practical, practical. How do we do that? Well, let me give you, I, 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 I got to hurry, got to hurry, got to hurry. Provides. His presence provides. His presence protects. Verse 5, he said, he will hide me. He will hide me. His presence protects. And then see, his presence produces. <clears throat> His presence produces. What did he say in verse 6? And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of what? Joy. I will sing. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. What happened? What happened when I joined their little worship service in that living room? I started singing with them. I started feeling joy. Something started rising up inside of me. Listen, it's hard being afraid when you're full of joy. It's hard being afraid when you're full of joy. He said, man, when I get in God's presence, I feel protected. I feel joy. And when I feel protected and I feel joy inside, I can't help but praise. And you know what praise is? Praise is an outward manifestation of an inward, listen, an inward blessing and an inward feeling. The joy on the inside will come out of your mouth. That's worship. That's in his presence. Now, let me give you the practical part of that. Okay, how do we do that? How do we do that? Preacher, I want to be in his presence. If it, if being in his presence dispels my fear and makes my anxiety go away, then how do I do that? Here's practical. Look what it says. Look what it says. Psalm 95. Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence. Y'all see that? Let us come before his presence. If we're going to come into his presence, if we're going to feel the manifested presence of God, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Psalms 100. A psalm of praise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Watch this now. Watch this. Come before his presence with singing. Psalm 22, 3. Psalm 22, 3. But thou art holy. Watch this now. Watch this. This is the key. Thou art holy. O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Inhabitants. He dwells in. He lives in. He hangs out in. 
His presence will be in. I inhabit my house. That's where I hang. That's where I live. That's where I stay. That's where I spend my time. What he's saying is that God inhabits, he stays in, he lives in, he dwells in the praises of Israel. What does that mean? If you want God to show up, start praising him. If you want God to manifest himself, then start worshiping, start praising, start singing, start thanking him. Start offering the sacrifices of praise. Start offering thanksgiving. Listen, when you get out of point number one and you move into point number two, listen, in point number one, you're remembering the blessings of God. You're remembering the deliverance of God. You're remembering the times that God showed up right on time. You're remembering the times God answered every prayer. You're remembering the times that God met your need. And oh, as you move into point number two, you say, oh God, I thank you for the lion. Oh God, I thank you for the bear. And I thank you for what you're going to do to that giant in my life. And you start thanking him and you start praising him and you start worshiping him and start loving on him. And I'm telling you something will well up in you. There will be a spring of joy and a spring of praise royal up in you and fear has got to go. Let me tell you what's happening. I just sit around and being afraid. That's because you're not worshiping. That's because you're not reminding yourself and remembering the things that God's already done. Your focus is on the giant. Your focus is not on the past answered prayer. Your focus is not on the present presence of God. Quit looking at your problem and start looking at your savior. Stop looking at your issues. Stop looking at the obstacle. Stop looking at the giant in your life. And get your focus on God. Your God is a mountain mover. Your God is a way maker. Your God is a need meter. Your God is a, listen, disease healer. That's your God. Listen, number three, and we're done. This is it. I, I got to hurry. This is it. We got we to gotta dismiss. Look, 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 look. What does he say? Skip on down. He says, wait, I say on the Lord. Wait, be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait on the Lord. Number three, write this down. We see a pattern. We see a pattern. Listen, what is the pattern? Verse seven. Verse seven through 13 is a prayerful expression. And then verse 14 is a patient expectation. Listen. Go back and remember. Go back and remember all that God's done for you. Spend some time worshiping Him. How long do I need to worship till you're not afraid? Till you're so full of joy? Till you're so full of praise? Till you're so full of excitement? Just keep on praising Him. And then what's what's it say? Wait. Then go ask God for what you need. You see, we, we, we get, we've got this way out of order. We go to God first and say, I need this, I need that, I need that, I need this, I need you to move here, I need you to move there, I need you to fix this, I need you to change that, I need you to meet this need. We've, we got it completely out of order. Completely out of order. Completely, completely out of order. Go back and see what God's already done. Spend time worshiping Him. Spend time praising Him. Spend time in His presence. And then say, God, I need that. This is what the order is here. 
If you look, he gives a detailed prayer from verse 7 on. So then we pray. And then it says this, wait. Now here's the definition to wait. Here's the definition to wait. Wait means to bind and expect. Bind and expect. And it gave the illustration as twisting. Twisting. I had to, I had to fix a, 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 a floodlight at the house the other day. And, uh, and, 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 and it had power on it. And I didn't know it. And, and, and I started singing, you light up my life on the top of that ladder. But there was one thing about that wire. There was two wires go together. And then there was a wire nut that did what? Twisted it together. What did it do? It bound them together. And you know what this verse is saying when he says, wait on the Lord? It's not just, okay. No, that's not what that means. It means to bind yourself to God and expect him to do something. Let me illustrate that. Remember when David run down in that valley? Remember when David run down in that valley? He said this. Giant said, what am I, a dog? What am I, a dog, that thou sendest a, a, a lad against me? And he began to cuss and raise Cain at David and say, I'm going to feed your flesh to the fowls of the air, blah, 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 blah. You know what David said? He said, let me tell you what. He said, today, today, you and all the hosts on this side of the valley and all the hosts on that side of the valley, in other words, God's people and the enemy, they're going to know that there's a God in Israel because God is going to put you in my hand and I'm taking your head from you this day. I don't know about y'all, but that tells me he had an expectation. He clearly expected victory. What's your expectation? If you're sitting there biting your nails to the quick, you don't have much of an expectation. Well, I don't know why I don't have a great expectation. Probably because you hadn't spent time in worship. You hadn't spent time in his presence. You hadn't sought him so importantly and with a priority. He said, this one thing have I desired and that will I seek after. You're not just going to fall into his presence. You got to go seek it. You got to search for it. But then you hadn't spent time rehearsing and remembering, man, God did this and God answered that prayer and God moved in this situation. No, you're just sitting over there hoping God's going to do something. No. You remember I said you got to take all the medicine, you got to apply this? Go do what I say. Go remind and rehearse and remember your past. Go seek his presence and spend time with him. And then go expecting and trusting that when you step into that valley, God's already there before you get there and that giant is going down. Whatever it is you're afraid of, expect God to move. Whatever it is that's keeping you up at night, whatever it is that's filling your heart with anxiety, expect God to move. But you can't expect God to move if you hadn't spent time in his presence. And you're not going to get in his presence until you learn to remember and appreciate and love and praise him for what he's already done. And all God's people said.